G'day everyone. Welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. I'm Mark from Mark and Cars across most social media platforms and like most weeks, joined by Ajmal, flat cap driver. G'day Ajmal. Hello, how are you doing? I'm, I've got to admit, I'm, I'm trying really hard. I've not, I don't know what's wrong with me today, but I seriously think I'm going to have a fit of giggles. <laughs> what are you going to be giggling about? Expl- what are you going to be giggling about? <laughs> I can't, I can't explain it. I just I, that's the kind of mood I'm in. I don't know. There could be a gas leak in the house or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, listen. To make sure you don't get the giggles and you're talking gas leak, we won't do fart jokes either. Okay. Okay. No, you don't hit a fart sound. Don't. <laughs> Damn it! I haven't got one. I haven't got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's. Um, anyway, how have you been? You're you're not at home. I'm not. I'm in Sydney for a few days just to type some loose ends before my travel comes to a bit of a halt for the rest of the year, hopefully, with the exception of a family holiday coming in a couple of weeks. Oh, nice, nice. Yes. So it's uh, not not all go. No. Oh, look, I'm busy. It's just I'm going to get better at managing how I go about doing this. Oh, good, good, good. Well, well, for me, I have literally been decorating and we've had, so we had in England, we had obviously that heat wave, mega dry spell and the rains have now come. It is pissing so down, isn't it? Not today. Last couple of days has been pretty good, but for a couple of days it did. And first thing I've noticed is my lawn is out of control. Uh, uh, pull out the mower. Cut it now. Well, I've got I've got an electric lawnmower, which is fine. <laughs> which is fine. Well, I hate getting the cables out and all sorts of stuff like that. So, got an electric one, but it's um, if the grass is a little bit too long, it can't do the whole garden on one charge. So I've got to then charge it up, which takes a day, and then I've got to charge it, put it back out. So that's that's the annoying bit. Sure. Uh, the other thing is. I still had my 912 out of storage and I forgot to put it away and it was on the driveway and from from the house I can't see it so I go to go somewhere it's bucketing down rain and you know you go it's still there so I put cover over it I left it for a few days but then I thought no it's going to go back to storage I think that's it for the year maybe all four Um, drives yeah so I got it four four uh might, might have been five. And uh, so, so, so it's been a real disappointment because I've been doing so much other stuff, had family over, and it's I've not used it at all. I've not been able to get out in it. So I thought I'm just going to put it away. I'll have a lovely... It was a really sunny day earlier this week where I thought I'm just going to take it for a last drive, take it back to storage, and my 996 is in storage, so ah. which has been there for weeks, probably about three or four weeks, so I just literally swapped them around. Oh, yeah, so, and, and the guy that where you keep it, they detailed the car for you before you collected it, no doubt? No. Oh. They just dumped it in the corner somewhere. And uh, so, <laughs> so I thought, <clears throat> so I thought it would be great to get back in that, because I've missed driving that every day. Uh, anyway, I get in the 912, and I start it up, and I just hear a little bit of a clunk. Bit of a clunk, and I and I think that can't be anything. I've just literally started it up. This like, you know, it's revving fine. 
So I pull out of the drive and I get out onto the road and I go from my house, I go straight out onto a country lane. Yeah, yeah. Which is like a massively steep hill. So I'm going up there. First thing I notice is the steering geometry is way off. It's like 20 degrees to the left to keep it in a straight line. Nope, none of that. Ah, good. So keep going. And it's about maybe seven eight miles away the storage place all country lanes national speed limit 60 miles an hour sure and so i'm driving along and i'm thinking is the wheel gonna come off is something gonna fall out is the engine gonna fall out i don't know so but it's not very stable on the road and so i pull over a couple of times and i i just kind of give the wheel front wheels a shake and i can quite easily turn the wheels with my mm. hand maybe steering dampeners uh Pumped itself. Well, yeah. At first, I thought it's got to be something to do with the steering because it kind of just veers off to the left when oh, I let yeah, it go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and then you saying that, obviously, someone who's probably this has happened to before with the steering damper. And then uh, I did a YouTube video on it, which is an awful YouTube video because I intended to talk about stuff, but then obviously the start you, of the video you were distracted the by your car not working. Correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly this this is just a ton of um uh and in my head i'm going am i going to crash am i going to crash um so would have gone viral to storage uh, uh, ajmal we've got data no, problems we've got data problems oh you're frozen data problems uh, here on your back how can we have data problems come tethered to my phone as Although I should have stayed on my, I should have stayed on my broadband today because there's no one else in the house Ooh. apart from the cats, unless the cats. Oh, like the cats are watching Netflix, Netflix again. Probably watching cats, um, but oh, the dead joke. But the so so I, I tried to tell my daughter dad jokes this morning and she just wasn't having it. She just said they're all rubbish. Yeah, of course they are. The only, are. Only dads appreciate dad jokes, Kajmal. We all know this. That is true. But there's one joke. I realise I'm going off on a tangent. There's only one joke that I've ever told her that she thought was funny, and she repeats it quite a lot. And it's the one with the what do you call a guy with a piece of wood on his head? I feel you like know that one, don't you? I feel like we've done this in a podcast in the past. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. But that's the only one. I've told her loads of others, and she's just this is dismisses them right out of hand. Anyway, so I go to pick up the. Put it in storage. I'll put this video out and a few people have made suggestions. But as soon as Simon Jessup, uh, my photographer friend, go and look him up on um, Instagram, he said exactly what you said. It's probably the steering damper. Huh. Is like, isn't, oh. he's, he's like your um, 912 guru, isn't he? He's got the like the unobtainium version of the car that you have. Well, kind of. He's selling it now, but he's Ooh. got a right-hand drive 912. Yeah, meh. But it's, uh, I mean, it's he he thinks Meh, it's okay. Uh, I think it's great. Every time I see it, it looks fantastic. This sounds fantastic, and of course, it's right hand drive. Um, but yeah, he said that, so it looks like that's failed. I don't know where to get one. I don't know what big think, how big oh, a job it is. To the three five six ones are so cheap. So I can't. I don't know what a nine eleven or nine eleven slash nine twelve ones worth. But when I say so cheap, it was, I think I'd replace mine. Not, Mm, a year ago, eighteen months ago, 
And I think it was all of about $38 Australian. What Was it a big job? <laughs> it took about 15 minutes. It's two bolts, one at each end of it. It's, it's a mini shock absorber is all it is in 356. I can't imagine it's much more complex than that in a 911. But Porsche isn't renowned for uh, introducing revolutionary high-tech solutions to problems in their cars, are they? Exactly. So I'll have to sort that out. But then someone's offered me, I might be able to get a ticket to Goodwood Revival this weekend. Oh, nice one. So, so it's Thursday now. There's no way I'll be able to fix that and then get it sure. down there. I don't know yeah. what the weather's going to be doing at the weekend. But anyway, the, on the plus side, jumped into my 996, fired right up. Of course, it's only been there for three weeks and hit the road. And I remembered the brake pad lights on. <laughs> so I, I did thrash it all the way back yep. and it was amazing. But obviously the tire pressures have gone right down. So it jitters all over the road. Um, but I'm so glad to be back in it. It's, I, you know, every time I don't drive it for a while and I get back in it and I just think, yes, this is why I have this car. It's fantastic. Amazing. I had a, uh, on Sunday just gone, they, they had a big event in the centre of Perth called the Festival of Motorsport. They had a Targa rally sprint type event plus a whole heap of car clubs and there's a local influencer who said, look, Mark, can you bring your car down? I've got a few cars I'm going to display. Can you bring your car down so that we can grow the display? I said, yeah, no worries. So I went down with my daughter, dropped it off early in the morning so they could uh, display the car for the day and then went back later in the afternoon when all the big boy cars were out doing the driving around the rally sprint and I thought, yeah, I should have entered that instead. It <laughs> <laughs> would have been a lot more fun. But anyway, that's So it was your car there all day? Yes, yes. But I look, because it was in the city, I could catch the train home and then I... How do I get back out there? Oh, I got dropped off in the city. Yeah, my wife dropped me off. I don't live a long way from the city, about 15 minutes or so here in Perth. Or, as is the case right now, there in Perth because I'm here in Sydney. So how, how big was the show? Was it like thousands of cars and people, tens of thousands of people? Uh, I wouldn't know what the numbers were, but there were a lot of cars there. Like I would suggest there would have been 1,000 cars. Wow. But for Perth, which is big for Perth because Perth's got a population of like 2 million people, you know, to give you some oh, scale. Wow. So it's not a very big city in the scheme of big city living. And we like it like that. And the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, Keep the outsiders uh, out. Yeah, so, yeah, that was, that was a uh, quite a fun day, plus seeing a lot of other cars and different types of cars. Like, just, I'd always, I love going to uh, multiple mark car shows and seeing the enthusiasm that people have for cars like we do for our Porsches, you know, but really obscure stuff and you go, man, what's going on in your head? But they probably think the same thing about nutcases like us. Yeah, but isn't there, there's a car show over here and I think it's something like, I can't remember what it's called, someone will correct me, but it's something like a, a celebration of the unremarkable. <laughs> okay. Um, How many brown cars they, are they? They just look well, they're just literally bog-standard cars from the 70s, 80s, yeah. 90s. It'll be something like a, you know... Um, An 84 uh, Nissan Bluebird. Yeah, it, that's it, exactly, <laughs> stuff like that, but in really good condition. So when, you know, someone says to me, and I'm sure I've said this before, 
when someone says to me, I've got a, a classic <laughs> Nissan Bluebird <laughs> from 1984, and I'm there going, uh, I, no, no, you I, don't. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Nissan Bluebird, although they did do a turbo version, didn't they? They did, they did, which is probably the same kind of thing as oh, the, hang on, was there a turbo Bluebird? There might have been before, uh, just in the precursor to the Skyline. There was, but there was also the Nissan Silvia. Yeah, that's a different car together, though. That's when, that's when the yeah, two JZs and everything started dropping in the planet, remember, and they changed the rules on everyone. But that's not the content of our channel. No, it's not. We're going to talk about Ferraris. No. <laughs> Ferrari SUVs, maybe. Ferrari SUV. So have you, so have you, have you seen any videos or anything like Listen, that? Listen, most people would only get exposed to our podcast through social media, right? Let's be realistic here. Yep. Yep. Could you even fart on social media and get any views compared to what Ferrari's done this week? Oh, God, yeah. I know. It is literally everywhere. It's but flooded. They're going to sell the, yeah, sell the cars anyway. Well, you wouldn't be able to get one, I don't think, if you wanted one, right? I don't understand why they've gone to this hype. They should have just kept it, just drip-fed it out. They didn't need the big hurrah, we are now an SUV builder or... We're not really an SUV builder. We've just got a big sedan or whatever their theory or logic on it is. I actually haven't watched any of the videos by all the who's who of YouTube Automotive. But the car's going to – you wouldn't get one. It's a V12 Ferrari to start with. So to get a V12 <laughs> Ferrari, you've got to be royalty. Okay. The thing's going to be one zillion dollars <laughs> plus options. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. Maybe well, two zillion. Pure What's it called? Pura's Pura Sangue? Pura yeah, yeah. Sang? Mm -hmm. uh, something like that. I can't remember now. But Pure um, blood. I, I, well, I, yeah, well, I saw a little bit, I read a little bit about it. And I don't know why they've done that thing where they've uh, published the dry weight of a car. I don't, I don't that's understand. Ferrari's, what that means. That's what? Ferrari's normal thing to do, though, isn't it? Yeah, but what, why? Why? That's just, not because the number's lower. Side weight of a car. Numbers lower. It just doesn't make sense. It's it's lower by how much? It's got no oil, no coolant. Oh, but, yeah, but no you know, putting the oil, fluid. putting the oil, the coolant, and the brake fluid, and the fuel in it—that's your responsibility. We've given you the right thing. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. I guess it's it's got a massive fuel tank as well, like a hundred liters or something like that. But it need and it. Can you imagine the economy on yeah. it? It'd be fantastic. Oh god, yeah. Well, I don't, but what is it, 700 and something very close about 715 or something? Big number. But it's... but it's Nearly as much as your 912. Well, I'll tell you what. Go on then. No, well, my 912 probably. But um, with that Ferrari, it's not really an SUV, is it? It almost reminds me of, when you look at it, it's like a... Taycan Sport it's Turismo. Like a, it looks like a Taycan no, Sport no. Turismo. No, no. I feel like it's a it's a it's a sports car that they've pumped up. So it's like a nine eleven Safari kind of thing. It's a Ferrari. It's safari. an eight twelve Safari. Yeah. Apart from it doesn't go off road. And Maybe it's, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's how many Ben Tigers? It's an SUV. Though? I know, but it's an SUV, and it doesn't even work as an SUV because it's only a four seater. It doesn't even have a seat in the middle in the back. SUVs have got one role in society, and that is to get the children to school. Yeah. And be able to get onto the front curb so you can wash it so your neighbours can see you've got it. 
Oh, I just feel like that's because you know with with Porsche, Cayenne, yeah. yep, yep, saved saved the company. Yeah, yeah. Urus, you know, they're they're selling loads of those, and it's helping Lamborghini. You know, has never been flush with cash. Uh, Ferrari is kind of flush with cash. They always are, and are they? so you feel like they've just. Would you know? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Okay, it's, you know, they've probably got like government money and all sorts. And yeah, it's fake up. Yep. That we probably some we shouldn't some, speculate on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to knock on the door at two a.m. Wake up with a horse head in the bed. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't say that. Whoever's so, listening, I didn't. Sorry, say that. Uh, grandson of Enzo. Yeah, but with but with the Ferrari, I feel like they've done it just because they could, and there's probably a demand for it. There's been a demand for it, and I think that's my problem that that there are people who exist with enough money that who will look at that and go, "I want that." Do you resent the fact that people want one? I do. I know you don't like the do. whole sporty SUV thing, as you've you know verbalised yeah. on numerous occasions on our podcast. I is it that I I like that they made it. Why is that? Oh, I think it's bringing the car to. Um, I think it's. Let's not talk about the price for a second, okay? It's going to be exorbitant money. We know that, but I feel mm-hmm. like they've brought out their premium product first, that being the V twelve. But the reality yeah. is the motor that's in the. 296 GTB, that V6 mm. hybrid thing. Yep. That's going to be their bread and butter motor that's going to go in this car, right? Or Let's some diesel. Or, or a two litre diesel. Maybe. But the reality <laughs> is a 296 GTB motor is what is going to end up in this SUV. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. And therefore, I think it's just going to make the brand more accessible to more people. I... It's a first Ferrari. That you can get out in public in, outside of Monaco, without someone saying, "Look at that knob." No, it's just like that now. Actually, everyone's no, guaranteed. No. You're guaranteed to say that. No, I reckon the Roma and this—it's a new generation, Ashmal. It's changed. It's not just you, flash you know, and bang. It's well, this is just flash and bang, isn't it? It's all flash or bang. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, I like it. I'm glad they made it. No, I, I, it's going to lift I'll the standard that all other SUVs have to come up to in the performance category, which means your two-litre diesel version is going to get better eventually. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I think it's so off the scale and it's so far removed from the has reality. Any, of has there been any pricing been. announced? No, not anything? that I've seen. No, but I suspect for a V12, if you look at anything else, that's V12 from Ferrari, isn't it? It's 812 going to be GDS. It's going to be more than that, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. I think it would be. It's going to be more. Yeah, I think it will. I think it's going to be. What do they cost? About 350,000 pounds or something? Yeah. And so I'm pretty convinced it's going to, that, that version that they've sort of launched to the world, it'll be more than 300k, I reckon. Now I'm not that got, I'm not that good at budgeting, but I could probably live on that money for a while instead of having it. I, like a, I could I could possibly live on that money for a while. Maybe you might. You know, I tell you what, if you had that sort of money in the bank right now, you might even get those brake pads replaced on your nine nine six. Oh my god, I would. I would probably mm, the second. No, nah, you wouldn't. 
Mm. No, I would. <laughs> I need I need to contact Jack, actually. Uh, this morning I woke up and I thought, right, I'm going to contact Jack and say I need an oil change, pads and discs. He was just Good laugh and hang up. Get it out of my No, he won't. No, he won't. See, to overcome that, I'll just turn up at his place. Oh, yeah. Not, nice. not his house. Yeah, I, I mean, get what he's going at his workshop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the same flat six jack that you've threatened to have on the podcast on numerous occasions and never delivered on, isn't it? That's, that's not my fault. He's just unreliable. No, he's not unreliable. Okay, let's talk about he's, who we um, have delivered to the podcast and who you can't get. Okay. I'll, 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 give, you, I'll give you that one. Patrick Long was like, Right up there. <laughs> what a great guy. What was that? He that was, was a good podcast, he, wasn't it? It was. He was brilliant. I, I, although, did you notice he didn't actually answer the question about whether he peed in his seat or not? Yes, he did. He said he had. You should go back and listen no, to the podcast. He didn't say. He did, I don't think he said yes. He said you do what you got to do. But he I'm didn't pretty, say yes. I'm pretty sure yes that. was the instant answer. Go back and listen to the podcast. I need someone to start listening to our podcast. So can you do it, please? I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna have to do it. But it's just that you know, it kind of reminds me. I thought he was gonna say it is what they say. You know, it's that warm, moist feeling like friendship in a four in a four layer. Only you can feel its warmth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a four in a four layer um, race suit. <laughs> You'll never no. get it out. I always think that, especially after you've, especially after all that uh, Gatorade. I know it probably comes out like you know, like plutonium, like liquid battery plutonium acid. or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, enough enough about. Okay, other than the Ferrari, great one. I want to talk about something else that was released this week with very little fanfare. Go on then. Now, firstly, Todd, can you turn off for a couple of minutes? No, I know where this is going. The Williams EV hypercar platform, chassis for sale. Hardly anyone's talking about it. They've got their they've got their hypercar electric skateboard developed by Williams up for grabs. Anyone that wants one can come and buy one and put whatever body they want on it. Right? This is exactly what everyone should be doing. Who wants a special um, supercar or hypercar? It's it's going to make it well in the US. You'd think that would be huge because the US market is all about custom, uh, whereas. You know, in the UK, I don't know about Australia, maybe it's it's a similar kind of thing. Well, why did that change? Because that's how Rolls-Royce used to actually exist, if you recall. There were all these body shops that made different bodies for all the early rollers, right? In oh, yeah, the that, UK. Was, that was when, you know, that was when, yeah, coach building was a huge thing where well, everything what, was happening. Why did it stop? Nothing why did you guys happened. decide to stop modifying your Golf R's? What happened? Um, it's, probably, it's probably cost and... Also, the what comes out of the factory is so good. Yeah, yeah but it's not yours. It's theirs. It's not yours. That's the thing. But it's it's not uh, culturally, it's not such a massive thing over here. And I remember Matt LeBlanc when he was a guest on Top Gear. Yeah, yeah. And he had bought a 911. And Jeremy Clarkson was saying to him, but, but you took it straight to be modified. And he said, well, why do I want to be driving a 911 like everybody else is? I want, I want an individual one. Whereas the rest of us, we just want to keep it original. Uh, and at some point, someone... Very English. Say, and you know what that That is it, yeah. In, in England, it is that. Originality is is favoured and we're, you know, understated. Um, so it's... I, I can understand it, 
But I can also understand the the demand for that Williams um, launch. And but at the same time, you're right. It was I knew it was coming, but I didn't know it already been launched. It happened last week. This or this week, but it was overshadowed by the Ferrari launch, obviously, which overshadowed. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Or, which is almost overshadowed the Queen passing. Oh God, yeah. Don't say that, man. That's going to get me all welled up. <laughs> Queen dying. Yep. Look, I'm, I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't want to talk about that topic. We'll uh, move on to the next thing. Um, Porsche news. Wait, wait. Before you go into Porsche news, yeah. You bring it on Williams. So, did you watch the Grand Prix? No. Oh, I do know they brought a ring in that did better than Latifi, right? Which, but let's face it, you probably would have <laughs> as well. Yeah, but it was which Grand Prix was it? It was Italy. Monza, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was Monza. And um, De Vries, is that his name? His name? Nick De Vries, yeah, they brought him in as a because Albon had uh, appendicitis, acute and appendicitis, so he had to be rushed to surgery. And uh, he he scored two points. And uh, Latifi's had 16 races and scored no points. And is, is anybody taking the piss more than Latifi in that sport? I mean, but do you think he's, he's really driver, trying? He? You, like they, like, Williams keeps saying we don't need drivers to bring money. We're fine, but they keep Latifi. Can someone explain what's going on here? Not well, this is an F one podcast. There are plenty of podcasts listening to on this topic, right? Right? Yeah, who probably go into it way more detail. But the fact that he's a pay driver and he as and when when you know the Williams has been taken over, but I can't remember if he had a contract. That's carrying over from then, which is why know. they're just keeping. Sure, because at some point you got to look at. I mean, look at Albon. You you knew that Red Bull didn't suit him, which is why he dropped out of Formula One, and he's come back mm-hmm. and he's done brilliant at Williams. Um, and you'd think next season this Nick De Vries is going to be in, but if they need money, Latifi is still going to be taking the piss next. I mean, still driving. De Vries is going to drive for Alpine. Have they announced anybody yet? No. What about Ricardo? He's having a year off. It's going to be so hard for him to get back. He's, he's going to put 10 kilos life. on, living the high life in uh, Miami. <laughs> Probably. Or Los Angeles. Sorry about the background noise. Um, but I, I, I still think it, I, Alpine would have been perfect for him. Well, perfect is the only Meh. spot Meh. going. Meh. He, mm. deep down, he believes he should have a championship winning car oh yeah and i don't believe he'll drive for another team unless he believes his car can deliver a championship but alpine is on the up isn't it can you see alpine winning against red bull ferrari or mercedes in the foreseeable future Mm, yeah not really because mercedes will get their act together next season won't they They'll well, redesign that car. From I the think there's, there's anticipation that's the case, but, you know. Anyway, that's enough F1. Sorry, yes. Porsche news. Tell Porsche me. news. What we didn't talk about, mainly because of timing, because Patrick came on the podcast, was yep. I want to talk about auction results for Monterey at Car Week. Mm. And oh, yes. the value of when a celebrity owns a car. Yes. Yes. I don't think it has the cloud it used to. You don't? Nope. 
Well, I mean, the one that um, I know that was just a movie car, wasn't it? The uh, Risky Business ninety eight. Yep. So that went for what five million or whatever it was. I can't remember. Yeah, but you know, it was, was also a movie for charity. Car. Oh, that's true. That would always bump it up. Yep, because you've got the um, the Sally special that the Sonderwunsch team at Porsche built, you know, from the movie Cars out of a 996. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that yes. thing there, which well, I've got a number here, oh, 3.6 million US that car sold for. Right? Wow. But wow. I think they should have made it out of a 993, not a 996, because that was a 993 in the film, right? In the film, the front was... It wasn't nine nine six. Clearly nine nine three. The real was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just my two cents worth on that. Um, and yeah, my, all the money raised, all the funds raised on that sale went to charity, right? So yep. I, that three point six million is not a real number in my mind. But what about the? Uh, this isn't a Porsche, but the what was it that sold that princess diana used to drive i think it was an escort rs turbo or something oh yeah that, that got big money too didn't it yeah three hundred twenty thousand pounds or something like that for a ford escort yeah but you know what that's not you poms are nuts for escorts i can't <laughs> they are they are worth a lot of money i mean i remember and, and they built being, Millions of them, but they're still worth a lot of money oh, yeah. because of nostalgia. But no, not just that. Well, yeah, nostalgia, yes, because great driving cars. Are, let's face people, it, yeah, and all affordable, accessible. We all loved them. Like, yeah, exactly. Pommy Golf is the best way to describe one of those cars. Yeah, and also when all the people who lusted after them when they were teenagers are can now, now afford to spend more money on them, yeah, and can afford, yeah, and they can have it in the garage for you know weekend drives, but also the the models to have like a Mark One Mexico or a Mark Two RS two thousand yeah, or yeah. whatever it might be, uh, RS Turbo RS sixteen hundred I as the series goes on, they um they all got modified, they all got stolen, they all got trashed. WRX so of their day. Yeah, there's hardly any available now. You can get a box standard one, and people might call it a classic, but it's not. It's just a good condition old box standard car. Um, but if you, you know, an RS two thousand or an RS sixteen hundred I or an RS Turbo, they're really quite hard to get hold of. And when you do find them, they're stupidly expensive. Now let's just stop for a second. You're harping on yes. about this classic thing. Let's hear Ajmal's definition. What is the what are the parameters or the requirements to throw the word at a car? Well, classic means that it's desirable at the time that it was launched and historically. So if it's a 1.6 GX or whatever, GL or L 1984 Bluebird, it's not freaking desirable. You don't believe someone designed that car? They sold them. Somebody wanted one. They bought it. Yeah, but if you had the choice of every car, people had a parameter that they were working within, which was all around practicality, uh, affordability. Okay. Yep, sure. Okay, I'm going to throw to contradict this. Yeah. Over window beetle. Hang on. Let me have a think. <laughs> But it was desirable. It's, just, it's been desirable. It was the people's so car, Ajmal. They built 
millions of the things. If you had all your choice of all the cars back then in the 50s, hmm, Gullwing? Nah. Beetle? Yeah. No, but there wasn't. The argument was falls a, apart a right now, doesn't it? No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. There is a desirability <laughs> factor because it was a... Uh, Obviously, it was rear-wheel drive. It was air-cooled. There was a yeah, concept right behind it, a theory behind it, and there was a, a movement uh, when people, even back, way back in the 70s, everybody had one, and it takes people back to a certain era, whereas a bluebird doesn't. That's why there aren't any left. And when some one turns How many beetles do you see now? Over window, over window beetles on the road. How many? In fact, I bet if you go to a classic car show, you'll see more over window beetles than you will... 84 bluebirds. Well, yeah. There were loads of them at uh, PJ's show. Classics of the clubhouse. Argument but falls apart. Rare, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but rarity doesn't make rarity. And old doesn't make a classic. There's only one of me, and I'm pretty old. It doesn't make me a classic. But, <laughs> but if I see, you know, if I see, I don't know. Uh, an escort. Let's take an escort. 1.3L Mark III, made in 1983. Yep. Right. Yep. I'll look at that, and I'll probably go, "Oh, a Mark III escort," and then just dismiss it from my mind. <laughs> and never. But if I saw a 1983 911 drive past, I'll be like, "That's a cool car to be out driving." No, <laughs> it's it's that kind of thing. So okay. I, I, what, what's your what's your definition? Do you say yes, a 1984? Bog standard, Nissan Bluebird, hatchback is classic. I think a classic, myself, has to be more than 40 years old. My first requirement. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'll tell you my logic for this. Mm-hmm. You know the example you gave about the guys who lusted after them as teenagers are now at a certain age and can yeah. afford the ones they want? That's yeah. that's where I see it as. So if it's more than 40 years old, it means you're probably 56 or older. Yeah. And that's really where the trigger point of you thinking, I'm going to rip up too much money on something I really want. Okay? So for me, 40, <sighs> 40 years is the number. Now, to give you some perspective right now, that's 1982. Mm-hmm. Okay. But no, let me finish. How many? Yeah, go. Oh, go on. No, go on. No, Ro- no, I was going to say. Go with the interruption. Many... Well, okay. I'm sorry for interrupting. But <laughs> how many cars have you written off that are considered by, you know, car aficionados as classics that have been made, like, for example, mm-hmm. the Porsche 964, the 993? Um, the nine thingy club sport, nine six eight club sport, the nine four four turbo, the nine two eight, and also what other cars were made during that era? Uh, Ferrari forty. Ashmal, um, they're not classics to yeah. me. You asked what I my parameters were. I don't see a nine six four or nine nine three as a classic Porsche yet. I know Porsche so see nine nine sixes and and boxes as classics. Okay, I don't, but that's okay because it's my opinion. So the other parameter I've got is someone has to want that car 
enough to compromise something else in their life to be able to achieve it. So if you weigh those two things up, and I think you pretty much cover most of the things to me. Yeah, but if someone's, hang on, you know there's older than 40 years bluebirds out there. You know, and they're classics. <laughs> but actually, those are probably are, but they're 84 and isn't, but the one older than that. It's okay, is it's not 40 years old yet, Hajmal. I'm all right with it. Okay, so... So if someone said, I want, I'm trying to think of a box standard. All right. If someone said, I want a 1980 chocolate brown Austin Allegro. And I, I'm gonna I, can, I actually don't know what one is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a picture of one. So because it's on your screensaver so, on your phone. Got it. Yeah. No, no, no. Because they, they originally came out as Austin Allegro, but by 1980, they were British Leyland. Yeah, okay. And I will confess that all the three people listening right now that it's probably two actually today, um, that I learned to drive in 1980 chocolate brown British Leyland Allegro. I think you told me this, and I still don't have a reference yep. point. I don't know what the car looks like, but it's 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 horrific build awful build quality and the thing that i had to do is my dad owned it but god knows why and it broke down and the engine was knackered and i was just about to turn 17 and he said i'll teach you to drive if you change the engine and that and you know when you're looking at it going i don't know how to do that and he went the engine is being delivered tomorrow and it was a second-hand engine and i remember so I couldn't move the car onto his driveway. It was on the road. And I did that awful thing. I just completely dismantled it on the road. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't lift the engine out because I had no help. So I dropped the subframe, dropped everything, dropped it out of the floor, pushed the new engine in, jacked it up into the car, bolted it in. And the only thing I did wrong was the gearbox mount bolt. There were three of them. And the bottom one was longer than the top two. No, the top two were longer than the bottom one. And I put one of the longer ones into the bottom one. And it pushed on the clutch. So the clutch wouldn't release. Ah, uh, classic. So it would make this awful noise when you press the clutch. I can imagine. And it wouldn't release. Uh, but they were awful, awful cars. Now, to me, that someone, if someone said to you, well, actually, I'm going to go and buy that, because if I said to you, actually, I'm going to go and buy that because I learned to drive in it and I have a history with it and I'm going to, I'm going to put that in my garage and I'm going to drive that at weekends in the summer. Does that make it a classic? Because it's still a shit car. Does it make it... To, do we want to talk about shit cars now? Have you driven yeah, it, it is. an old Beetle that hasn't been looked after? Or an old 996 that hasn't been looked after? I've driven a 996, but it's, it's, it drives really well. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the thing is... How about a boxer that's not looked after that you lose money on? Have you ever driven one of those? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's... It was a shit car, wasn't it? ever, ever buy a boxer that's not looked after. <laughs> it really was. But it wasn't shit by design. Whereas... <laughs> it was shit by result. 
It's yeah, it's shit by design. It's the, you know, it came off the drawing board and became reality and was shit from the word go. Not only that, it was the color of shit. Anyway, look, you asked what I thought a classic was. Greater than forty years old, and someone has to make some heavy compromise in their life to be able to achieve the car because they desire it. That's for me. That's it. And you know what? If the Austin Allegro is the car for you, if the Nissan Bluebird is the car for you, good on you. If you love it, I know plenty of people that have cars as status symbols, not for as enthusiasm. And I've got more respect for the person that has a car because they're enthusiastic about it than the person that buys a car because of the badge. You've just, you've just slanged off all sporty McCann and Uros and Bentega and potential new Ferrari SUV owners there. You, th- you don't think they're buying those cars because they're superior drive quality? Against of course their, they're not. Against their competitors in the marketplace? Or their resale? No, people are going to... Or no. their comfort? I'm buying for any person. Really? Status. Status. That's all it is. Yeah. No, I'm not convinced, but okay, I'll run with it. Yeah, right then. So what if I am? What are you going to do about it? Okay. We Nothing. just lost... We, we lost 30% of our listeners. I've only got two left now. Now the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got distracted by the auction results. Oh, yes. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, a couple of cars that had names attached to them sold at Monterey. Mm. 2.7 RS. Okay. Paul Walker, previous right. owner. Oh, okay. Interesting. Million... And $72,000. Not a long way from the market I value of, of a good 2.7 RS, lightweight. I, I was going to say. Not a long way from it, right? Yeah, I was going to say. Not a high premium because it's Paul yeah. Walker's car. Now, if it was Paul Walker's career GT, it might be a different story. But his 2.7 RS lightweight, hmm, I don't know. I've got another one for you. George Harrison. He's 928S. Okay, I, I, I right, but don't don't say don't say the price yet. Okay. But I would have thought there'd be people crazy to get George Harrison's car. And that, if it was a Beetle, oh, he would have been, right? Because yeah. everyone wants the Beatles Beetle. A Beatles Beetle. Yeah, that was dad exactly. that was a dad joke that your daughter wouldn't appreciate either, right? So yeah, I don't know, because I'd, I'd be there 15 minutes later explaining it, and she'd be like, yeah, that's that's not funny. Yeah, Now that I get it, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Take a punt, how much? How much is that? US dollars we're talking here. Oh, I, I've got no idea. So which one was it? The 928? 928S. S. It was an 80-something. So top end of the 928 model range right no gds is remember oh no it's not oh yeah just yes right okay um i don't think this is impacting its value i think the george harrison part's impacting its value i'm gonna say i don't i've no i've literally no idea what the value of those over there i want to say half a million hundred thousand a hundred thousand 
Okay, so what's the going rate for a 928S? Good one. In the US, you reckon? In the US, I reckon. Yeah. Let's say a plum, an absolute cracker that you'd be worried to drive because it would get scratched. Condition car, right? Yep. Okay. I don't know. I actually don't know, but would it? If someone told me it was 100 grand, I'd be surprised. I'd say, in fact, I reckon even 50 US would be surprising for me. Any listeners out there that drive transaxle cars that are thinking, listen to these two clowns talking about something they don't know about, that's us, by the way, let us know. Put it in the comments. Send us a message. I want, I want to know what you guys think a good a plum 928S is worth. I think it was an 85 or 86, something like How that. How much how, how much did Tyler buy his for? Probably $11, knowing him. No, he bought one that had been um, manual swapped. Manual swapped? Yeah. Really? You're Googling it right now, aren't you? Yeah. It's, it, I'm going to look at how much he got it for. But he got it, um, so it's still got the the thing on the dash where it tells you drive, reverse, neutral. Oh, yeah, so the tech And it's still... But it's amazing. Yeah, it still does it. Um, but look, to give you a reference point, though, there is the ultimate mm. perfect 928 GDS also sold, right? The last year of production, I think 95 it would have been around that sort of year, right? Year, right? That, okay. sold, that sold for 406000 More than the George 406. Harrison. Yeah, for, this is a GDS, and it was like a cracker. So what you reckon, the fact that it was associated with George Harrison has probably doubled its price. That's my, that's my punt. Whereas I don't reckon the Paul Walker impact had zero impact on that car. Or not zero, well, yeah, but uh, it wouldn't have been more than, it wouldn't have been double. Well, yeah, exactly, because I thought it was about, about right. Not that you and I are in He's the market born. and are researching the category. Hmm. He's, he's bought an S4. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty late car. So, the, um, oh, I to, he doesn't, doesn't say. Now, some very special cars also sold. Porsches. Yeah. There's a 67 911X rally car, 570000 for a 67 rally car. How much? Yes, five hundred and seventy. None of these prices wow. include the buyer's premium, by the way. That isn't that. So what's dog. going on? Do you reckon the market sort of the market's plummeting, or do you reckon it's just resetting? That is as much money as you could possibly spend on a, a historic rally car. I would have thought five hundred and seventy thousand dollars. If anything, that's probably the most anyone's ever paid for an X-Rally car. Yeah, it could be, but I don't look, think it just depends on the type. It's the collectors. Look, let's take it. What about the – there was the Yadwagen prototype, you know, the Jeep that Porsche built to go to war in that they never went to production on? That car yeah, there. Who was talking about this? $665,000. If you're telling me the market, the ass is falling out of the market, my friend, that contradicts it. Don't get me wrong, it's a prototype. But my goodness. Yeah, but aren't prototypes way more valuable? 
Yeah, but I think, didn't they give like the army like a hundred of them to test? Yeah, something like that. Who who was talking about that? Was it Spice Car Radio? Were they talking about? Jerry's it? got one. Someone recently. Yeah, that's probably where I've heard about it. I don't know. Yeah, he's from recently. I don't know. Or maybe he doesn't mind selling cars he stops using. So it might have been his car for all that we know. Yeah, get him on. Or, or, get him on. Get him onto the podcast and we'll ask him. All right. Jerry, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him on. We'll get him on. Have a now, chat with him. And while I'm on a roll, I want to talk about a good value car. Relative value, okay, to what we're talking about here. If, 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 if you say Bluebird 84, I'm leaving. In metallic blue. With a mismatched front right quarter panel, which is in a beige, right? No. The, um, no, the, um, there was a 56 black speedster that presented really nicely. Now, black speedsters are rare. I'm talking you never see black speedsters. It presented one, Top Gun. presented really nicely. Yeah, Kelly McGillis. The um, yeah. the only, Kelly McGillis and Zuckerman are the only two people I know who have got black speedsters, other than this one, right? And this one, yeah, but so, Kelly McGillis, Kelly McGillis was fake. Ah, I don't reckon Zuckerman. Yeah. He's, he's got those rudges on that car. Those rudges are worth like a hundred grand. Oh, yeah. Anyway, three hundred and seven thousand dollars US. I actually reckon that is good buying. 56 speedster especially, because that's like the first year. Not the best driving, but were, the earliest. Wasn't that when they were properly made to be cheaper? Yeah, all of them were. Every speedster was, except yeah. for the Carreras, were built yeah. so they made an affordable car. Oh, yeah, we did. Because you know, we talked about this the other yeah. week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. With, um, was it with Jeff? Where it's all flipped because Carrera was the premium. Yeah. Speedster was a cheap one and now it's it's the other way around. <laughs> that's that's a really good price. I thought it was really good. You should reasonable. have put a bid in. You should have put a bid in. Had, had well, as a loose guide, for me to get that car land in Australia and on the road, it's double the US dollars mm. in Australian dollars. Now that's six hundred and fourteen thousand dollars minus buyer's premium. I just I lack the capacity to have one in the garage, Ajmal. Unless this podcast starts going a lot better than it has been, it's unlikely I'll ever see one there either. Yeah. I lack the garage. <laughs> <laughs> For a start. <laughs> and, and everything else associated with it, potentially buying a 356, like money. <laughs> but, but the thing is, that the, I think it's still an investor's market, though. I, That's the mm. bit that... I don't. I don't agree. In, I don't think cars are investments, right? It, look, there are the odd models. Don't get me wrong, and a speedster is probably one of them, right? Don't I? Hundred percent agree with that. Mm-hmm. But generally, the cost of maintenance and running is pretty comparable for most models, reflective of the growth of the value of the car. But is it because there's those people who buy them and just store them? They don't do anything with them. And they, oh, think, yeah, but I, if they don't maintain they them, it depreciates, it depreciates the car. You need that service history. If you're, gonna, if you're talking yeah. heavy coin here, so if you, if you do have to put um, synthetic oil in that Bluebird if you want it to increase in value. 
I think it was sawdust. You can put it in to stop the knocking. Stop the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I think the if you've got a car that you're not using and you're maintaining the service history of it, it's a lot more affordable than if you were using it regularly and it had wear and tear maintenance that it needed as well. Yeah, I think it depends on the different. age because you don't want to buy an old car with for good money and then have to spend mm. a lot of money to make it usable. Yeah. Yeah, true. I, I don't think so. Anyway, look, and we all know that if you don't drive your cars, they're shit to drive. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Right, so. They really are. Yeah. I want to talk about two more cars that surprised me. Okay. 992 GD3 Touring. Latest and greatest. 2022 model. Mm-hmm. Can't buy them for love or money. Actually, you can if you've got the money. <laughs> Four hundred and seventeen thousand. Really? Yeah. Now I reckon this is probably about a three hundred to three hundred and twenty thousand dollar US car new. If you're fortunate enough to get an allocation. Oh, don't get me wrong, there's probably mm. you could probably load up the spec pretty hard and make it push it out to three fifty, three sixty, right? Yeah. But it's a yeah. touring, so you're unlikely to spend Money on you, know, you can't, you wouldn't get, you can't get a vice hack back for it, you know, and all these sorts yeah. of things. So you're paying a, a better part of a hundred thousand dollar premium to for the privilege of owning a second hand car. But is that so? What year? That obviously that's going to be twenty twenty two. Yeah. So that is, but in the US, over MSRP as they call it, I guess. It's um, that's quite common, though, isn't it? There's so many cars that sell for way, way above what the retail recommended price is. It's the only, well, it's the only way you can um, get one, as a general rule. Yeah, exactly. And then, but the person selling it obviously has no plans to go and buy another one because he, he or she probably one, won't be given that privilege. Exactly. So, yeah. That's a flip, right? Yeah, that, that is a flip. But I, you know, I was looking at that price and thinking, "Oh, that doesn't sound too bad." But then, I, um, I was probably comparing it to prices in Australia because <laughs> they're, they're it's completely Exorbitant. different, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Four hundred seventeen thousand exactly. get you the left wheel. Yeah, yeah. So front wheel, not the back wheel, because the back wheel is wider and heavier. Exactly, more expensive. Uh, is the is the, the is the next car another GT3? No, next car is a car very close to my heart because it is the one probably the rarest, most desirable car that I've had the privilege of driving. Not this exact car, but within a few chassis numbers of it. Nineteen fifty nine seven one eight RSK. Oh, that's right, wow. listeners. The proper seven one eight. The proper one. Wow, and you've driven one. I have in Switzerland on the highway. In Switzerland, obviously, you didn't go very fast because you would now be bankrupt. I I was encouraged to take it up to eight thousand RPM. 
Wow. By the owner. In Switzerland, in Switzerland, they, you know, police are built in with sensors that they sense in their brain if somebody's speeding and just go and grab them. And it's like a proportion of your overall wealth that they find you. But that would have been okay then. At that moment in my life, it was about eight or nine <laughs> years ago. It wouldn't have been a big fine. Well, so how, how much was that one then? 4.3 million. 4 point. Wow. But that, but that you can understand because there's a market for that. That's a, that's a that's, car that you want. That's growth. That's, than... it's, look, this particular car had an amazing provenance. Like it's one Sabring, it's one thousand kilometers of Nürburgring. It's, you know, this particular chassis that sold for 4.3 million. It is an important car. Jerry's got one. See, Jerry's always pushing the price of cars up because he buys them and then he goes on Spike's Car Radio and talks about how amazing they are. I know, look what happened to 912s. No, nothing's happened to 912s. <laughs> he tried, he tried, but nothing's happened to them, literally. There's so many of them for sale. <laughs> I actually, tried to cash in. I actually think there's probably more nine twelves available in the market today than there has than there has been for a long time. Yes, I'd completely agree. There's so many. They're not they're not in your normal. You know, they're not on eBay or or Autotrader or a place like that. But if you go to a specialist, they're they're all over the place. They're all over the place for sale, and um, you know, good ones, bad ones, in between ones. But the the thing is, it's one of those if you're looking to restore one you're going to pay over the odds way way over the odds for a, a wreck whereas if you're looking for a really good one you're it's more economical if you get one for you know 20 grand more because it'll cost you 50 to restore it minimum to just not restore it just to get it on the road they cost almost the same amount of money to restore as a 911 there's no getting well, yeah, away from that fact right yeah because we had we had brian on from rinse hmm. and yeah he said full restoration of a 911 or a 912 you're looking at £125,000. And, you know, if you're paying less than that to get it done, it won't be as good as what Brian um, does it. Yeah, it won't be. It won't have a name attached to it saying it was done here because, you know, £125,000, it's probably, if, for the standard that he's going to do it to, it's probably a reasonable price. So if you went somewhere else and it was someone like Revival or somewhere like that, they're probably going to charge you more or around the same. Have I ever told you about the time I didn't buy a 912? The time that you didn't? Correct. No, I went, you I, I, I went with the intent to buy and didn't buy after driving this particular one. Did you think, I don't know what the fuss is about? No, no, no. It's, look, this would have been, I had my 914 at the time. I reckon it was about 94, 95 was here in, when well, I was about to say here in WA, but I'm not there right now, but at home in WA. And it was a guy that owned a car stereo business. That was a big thing in the 90s, you might remember. Oh. And this times. thing was fully alpined up, right, the car. Had <laughs> <laughs> the amps under the front hood, had the subwoofers in it, had everything, right? You know what I'm talking about. This Flashing is a, lights? This Flashing is lights? On, no, no, this, no, that wasn't out yet. That was That's later 90s. Uh, Equalizers, equalizers. 100% had an equalizer, yep. Yes. This is before big screens were on any car stereos. It still had a cassette deck, okay? Oh, nice. Yep. So 
and he was the Alpine agent. And I said, what are you selling it for? He says, oh, look, I wanted a 911. I couldn't afford it, so I bought the 912. I said, okay, fair enough. He says, what do you want it for? I said, I want it because I don't want a 911. I want a 912. He says, well, it's not coming with a stereo in it. And I said, well, are you going to fix the holes that are in everything that you, when you take those big speakers out? He goes, no. Nah. That's why it's the price it is. Oh. Yeah, because the... I had no service history. It was a left-to-right-hand drive conversion. But in Australia, a conversion is... It has to be done properly, doesn't it? To get, it doesn't have to pass tests and all sorts to yeah, get on the road. You, you know, the, it, it's true. It has to be engineered, right? But that engineering's mm. done by an approved engineer. Yeah. Okay, so like anything anywhere, there's always good jobs and bad jobs. In all reality, that car was reasonably well converted, okay? Mm. Off memory, I think he wanted 4200 for it. Oh, my God. Right. Wow. That's a long time ago, though. And it, it was a lot of money to me at the time. Yeah. And they were disposable cars when they first came out because they're so cheap to buy. Well, they brought it out. To fill the gap, a price gap from three five six exactly, to nine eleven. Yeah. You know, it's too yep. big a financial jump for the brand to sell cars. But um, yeah, anyway, I didn't buy the car because it drove terribly. It may very well have had a broken steerer damper. Now I think back on it because <laughs> the front end was loose as a goose. <laughs> uh, uh, do you know what? That sounds exactly like what's happened to mine. Anyway. That was my that was my not buying a nine twelve story. Oh, see, then they they were you know ten years ago, fifteen years ago, they were so cheap. But, but so were nine elevens. Not not to that cheap though. You could pick up a nine in in early two thousands. You could get uh, over here a nine twelve driving roadworthy one for five thousand pounds. Whereas now it's you know thirty five thousand pounds. And, um, and, but the thing is they weren't particularly looked after either because, you know, obviously it's like when anyone gets hold of a car and you're not going to do the maintenance because you got it cheap, then, uh, they all sat outside and they all rusted away. Hmm. That's the problem in the UK. Which is in the interest of maintaining anonymity, mm-hmm. I have a friend who I get along quite well with. Is it Jerry Maguire? No. Who? This so week, Jerry Seinfeld, by, per- I was joking about Maguire. Purchased and Perth delivered from new 67 911T. Three owners. What? No. Yep. 911 to 67. That is, that's almost like, oh my God, that's my ultimate. And what color? It gets better. What color? A black. Right? That's nice. And finalised his spec on a 992 Sport Classic that he got allocated. What? (laughs) In the same way. This is someone with, this is obviously someone with money. That is is some collection. That is some. These are only two of many cars in his collection, but. He said, 
more than welcome to come and have a close look at him and take him for a spin, mate. Oh, nice. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm dying to see the, the – like, I, re, I don't reckon he's going to get his sport classic for about 18 months. Got to be at least, at least, because they they are – all of the new deliveries are way out on those, aren't they? Well, nearly everything. What, what I wouldn't be happy about with a car like that – and this is an interesting conundrum for the brand that I see for the customers – Mm-hmm. The car's going to be superseded by what's b- next and best. Mm-hmm. Eight to 12 months before you even get that thing. Isn't it? Like, there's going to be the new, yeah. there's going to be like a new 911 ST or something. There's a new Safari coming. There's all these other cars coming, right? So yeah, you ordered one, moment, you wouldn't be that. I look. I wouldn't have the patience. I couldn't sit there for two years waiting for it to come out, knowing that there's two years better cars coming out. Which those people are also going to have to wait two years for. Yeah, true. But the sport classic isn't the the one that obviously you're who's that's been ordered. Is um is that the most powerful manual nine eleven ever made? Yes. Well, the fast, yep. something like that. more than more than and the GT2 right. manual, the 997 GT2. Exactly. So you're you're right because you know there's there's a chance. Not always, you know, it's not guaranteed, but there's a chance another one could be launched that's faster than that by the time you get hold of yours because you've gone. That's the latest and greatest when it comes to manual 911s, and I've ordered it. But by the time I get it, it won't be the latest. Porsche, won't be the Porsche aren't going to stop building manual cars, are they? No. It's no. too and it's, and it goes back important to a part same. of their too important a part of their branding. Well, uh, yeah, and it's also the age of people who are buying the cars, and it's to do with. Um, so, if you think about, you know, when the GT4 came out, uh, the the latest iteration of it, and. What, which is what a year ago, two years ago, and everyone was saying, "Oh my god, it's amazing! It's you know the, the manual gearbox, it's all fantastic." And then a year later, the PDK came out, mm-hmm. and all the YouTubers, the influencers, you know, you, you had uh, thingy seen through glass, you had everybody driving them and going, and, and and the tagline on all of their videos was, "Is the PDK better than the manual?" And I'm sat there going, "Well, of course, it will be for driving to and from work." And but the, the the nerds who want one of those in five years' time will be on the hunt for a manual one because no one bought one because everyone was saying the PDK is better. So not only for driving experience, that user experience, but also for rarity value, all of those things, people will say, well, actually, I want I want a manual, and they won't be driving them to and from work, so it doesn't make any difference. I think Andy Pruniger said that GD3, 992 GD3 deliveries are 50-50 mm-hmm. at the moment. I think that's that might be a slightly different. I, I know the RS is a completely different. Well, you don't get a choice in RS. You can't get a manual, car. right? But I'm yeah, talking about exactly. normal. That, I'm talking about normal GD3s. And, yeah, and the and the RS is like track, track, track. Mm-hmm. So you know, modern track people want paddles and all sorts and and sequential and whatever. Whereas um, the GT3, I think in five ten years time. 
the manual will still have a premium over the PVK? I, I, well, they do. Every one of them does, right? But as, mm. a, as an owner of a 981 GT4, which only came in manual, you might recall, the mm. I think the way that hits it, the manual GT4 hits its sweet spot is not in convenience for work and it's not for the fastest track time. It's for that bit in the middle that enthusiasts live in. You know, most of us, unless unless you can, if you're going the track more than ten times a year, you probably should mm. buy a race car and not wreck your road car. Yeah, or not have the compromise yeah. that the road car has to be to be a road car. Yep, and I, and I think it's like what I this kind of reminds me of when I talk to my mum. <laughs> And she's, and she has her house set up for, so I'm one of five. Sure. Um, her children. So I'm one of five. And she still lives in the house that we all, we were all born in. Sure. And she still has it set up in case we all come to visit. At once. At once. Now, this happens. Twice a year, maybe. Well, in, during the pandemic. Well, 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 the pandemic hasn't. It, you know, it hasn't happened in three or four years, but it happens probably once a year when my brothers from Australia and Germany and London and everywhere are there. My sister lives nearby, my mum, and but she has the house set up like that. But she, but but in having it set up like that, it compromises it every single day. And I and I tell her nobody nobody cares. You know, if, if I have to sleep on the floor. One day a year, I don't care. None of my brothers care. But you're making it more difficult for yourself every single day. And I think that, to me, is the same with, you know, if you had, you're right, if you've got, if you do 10-day track days a year or 10 times and you've got a car set up for that, but you're also using it every day. For the 265 other ones, yeah, or 355 other days a year. Yeah, Exactly. So you're just having a rubbish time the rest of the time. So and, and you almost end up resenting that car because you've got to get into it and drive it to and from work or to the shops or whatever. So you're right. Have something that's enjoyable for the road and then have something that's dedicated to the track. Get an, Look anyway, an first world problems. Listen to us. Exactly. I need to... Should we should we do this little tiny little giveaway thing? Oh, I keep forgetting about the one? giveaway. Ashwell's got a giveaway. Ashwell, run with the giveaway. What do you got? Okay, so it's it was something that was given to me when I went to the Porsche Classic event, and it was in the little package that I got. And I've got to admit, I didn't know what it was, and I was going to throw it away. <laughs> and then, it you decided to give it away. Accessories I have. No, all these Porsche accessories have a little, like, a part number thing. And I just thought I'll put it into Google. I put it into Google. And uh, it, it's a little key pouch, a leather key pouch with a Porsche um, what color is it? logo on it. And Sorry? What color is it? Oh, it's black. Uh, really nice, soft leather. I'll put a picture of it on Instagram later. But it turns out it's 50 quid to buy. Ooh, nice. Uh, so it's, Ashmael, it's really they couldn't nice sell them. They gave them away. That could be, but I'm quite happy to give it to, give it away. To someone uh, that wants it more than you do. 
Exactly. So, uh, what are the requirements? What are the um, how do how how do I win this? Use use notes in no. Um, it's <laughs> I. You just have to leave uh, from this date forward an Apple podcast review. All right. Preferably a preferably a positive one. <laughs> A positive review would increase your chances of winning this gift. Yes, considerably. And I will then post it out to you. We'll announce it on the next one, and then I'll post it out. Ooh, oh, I'm not at home. I'll have to show you next week. Oh, not that it matters because the viewers won't see it. I'm sorry, the listeners won't see it. <laughs> Someone sent me a freebie in the post, a martini beanie. And I just love the fact that those two oh. words rhyme. And it's got a pom-pom on the top. Yeah, but you're in Australia. When do you need to wear a beanie? Have you seen the head on this? Talker? Look at this. Uh, um, but you'll just get, like, you'll get, you know, a sweat on. <laughs> I'm not a big beanie wearer, admittedly. For those three days a year that the opportunity presents itself. <laughs> I, I, I need to actually buy a new flat cap because this flat cap that I've been wearing it's flogged is... flogged and it stinks and you don't wash it often enough. It doesn't does stink. I wash it. It's uh, it's 18 years old and it's a bit threadbare. And I need to get another one. So is your I head. I'll find one. That the same. Yeah, my, my head's threadbare. <laughs> <laughs> it's more my brain. <laughs> but I think we're, we're going too far. We should, we should probably stop now. <laughs> okay. Leave a pod, leave a uh, Apple Podcast miracle. review. Win a key pouch. It's like a keychain thing that you can attach. Anyway got the Porsche logo embossed on it. It's actually a genuine Porsche product. Yep. Have you got a guest lined up for our next episode? I haven't, no. Okay. <laughs> well, could be anyone. Could be us. Next episode. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Ajmal, have a great week. You too. Thank you for listening. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>